Hello everyone, this is Tim. I'm outside. This is going to be a challenge, but I'm going to do a podcast outside. I'm outside the Grand Army Plaza Library. As you know, I still have no stable housing, and so I got tired of, um, well, I have no stable housing, so that's it. So we have to make do with what we can. I'm going to keep creating content until I can't. When I'm when I've stopped, then you know I'm gone. But we must leave behind as much as we can. So I found the book by uh, Franz Fanon, Black Skin, White Mask. <laughs> We're going to test this, see how this comes out. And you'll let me know. I'm going to do this podcast. I'm just going to read the foreword to see if this will work or I need to find another spot or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Franz Fanon was born in Martinique in 1925 and went to school there first before moving to a metropolitan France to continue his education. During the Second World War, he served the Free French Army, which took him for the first time to North Africa. After the war, he studied medicine and psychiatry at the University of Lyons, completing his training in 1951. Two years later, he was appointed to run the psychiatry department of Blida Jeanville Hospital in Algeria. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And he soon joined the Algerian Liberation Movement and the National Liberation Front, FLN, contributing to its underground newspaper, Al-Mojahid. He was expelled from Algeria by the French authorities in 1957, moving before long to Tunisia, where he practiced psychiatry and continued to work for the FLN. In 1961, he was appointed ambassador to Ghana by the Algerian provisional government, but he died of leukemia that year. Fanon's short life would probably have been only a footnote to the end of France's colonial empire in Africa if he had not written two books, Black Skin, White Mask, Which You Hold in Your Hand, and The Wretched of the Earth. In these books and in, other, in his other writings, Fanon explored the nature of colonialism and racism and the psychological damage that caused the colonial peoples and the colonizer. He also wrote provocatively about the role of violence in the anti-colonial struggles of the mid-20th century. ideas were enormously influential on the intellectuals around the world, and in the years after his death, there were three intertwined themes in Fanon's writing. A critique of ethno-psychiatry, which aimed to provide an account of the mental life and sickness and the health of colonized people, and of the Eurocentrism of psychoanalysis, a dialogue with nigritude, that the dominant system of thought among black Francophones, intellectuals, in which he challenges its account of the mental life of black people and the development of a political philosophy for decolonization. That starts with an account of the psychological harm that colonialism had produced. As the list of these themes make clear, Fanon's work is profoundly shaped by his training as a psychiatrist and by his response to the work of European ethno-psychiatrists, trying to understand the psychology of non-European peoples, 
But like all African and Afro-Caribbean intellectuals in the Francophone world in the mid-20th century, he also molded, he was also molded by the ideas of the Negro Two movement. And this, his first book, Black Skin, White Mass, published in 1952, Fanon asserted that what is called black soul is constructed of white folk, claiming in effect that the purportedly essential qualities of the Negro spirit that were celebrated by the writers of Negro Two were in fact a European fantasy. Fanon also argued against Negro Two that its assumption of a natural solidarity of all black people in the Caribbean and in Africa was a political error. Far from needing to return to an African past, black intellectuals needed to adapt to modern European culture, and they needed to help change the, the everyday life of ordinary black people. And yet, despite all these criticisms, he conceded that Negro too could play an important role in freeing the native intellectual of dependence of metropolitan culture. In this book, Fanon also develops an account of the psychological effect of racism based in part on his own experiences in, of life, uh, the black middle class in the French Caribbean, the dominant colonial culture, he argued identifies the black skin of the Negro with impunity and the, Antili the Antillians accept this association and so come to despise themselves. Colonial women exhibit their identification with whiteness, for example, by attempting neur neurotically to avoid black men and to get close to and ultimately cohabitate with white men a process for non-dubbed lactification. This self-contempt manifests itself in other ways, as anxiety in the presence of whites about revealing one's natural Negro inferiority, and the pathological hypersensitivity that Fanon dubbed affective um, erethism, in an existential dread and in a neurotic refusal to face up to the fact that one's own blackness Black children raised within the racist culture assumptions of the colonial system can partially resolve the tension between contempt for blackness and their own dark skin by coming to think of themselves in some sense as white, hence the white mask of the title. Fanon's approach in Black Skin, White Mask focuses on the problem of identity created for the colonial subject by colonial racism and on the consequence needed uh, need to escape from these neuroses which colonialism had produced. The passion and the power of Fanon's writing comes through force, forcefully in this new translation. We may no longer find the psychoanalytic framework as useful in understanding racism's causes and effects as he did, but wrought on many colonial peoples. I mean, excuse me, but the vigor of his evocations of the psychological damage wrought on many colonial peoples and on colonizers who oppressed them remains. And if we are no longer completely convinced by his theories, his work remains a powerful reminder of the psychological burdens that colonial racism imposed upon its victims. Yet, though Black Skin White Mask is a searing indictment of colonialism, it is also a hopeful invitation to a relation between black and white, colonizer and colonized. Each, he says on the book's last page, 
must move away from the inhuman voices of their respective ancestors so that a genuine communication can be born. That message, alas, is also one that remains relevant today. And it does remain relevant today. And that's the foreword. I hope that this was not too much noise. Um, so I'm going to be doing my podcast. I'm probably going to pick another spot. The spot seems very noisy. Uh, I don't know why the man moved from that bench closer to me when I tried to get away from him. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> this is how I have to do it. Um, there's no quiet place in the shelter that I'm in. If I had a single room, I could do these podcasts. I could do these classes. Um, I've requested one, but I doubt that I would get one. And or not that they even deserve one. I mean, we're all in there. We all got beds, and we're all trying to survive and make it. Um, what they've actually done with the shelter while we're talking about it is they've actually made it a place to stay because of the insane housing policy. If they made a housing policy that was 30% of your income, no minimum, the shelters would be empty. And then they could keep the mental, then they could turn them into mental hospitals. As a matter of fact, where I'm staying, Belleville Men's Shelter was a mental hospital at one point. So they should just make it a mental hospital again. Some of the men that's there now would stay, but most of these men are just regular men. We're men. We're trying to function. We either don't make enough money or we got fired. Some people are have addiction problems, but um, it's the policy. It's the public policy. When we had a public policy that was 30%, no minimum, that's when I lived in the projects in the 1980s. Say what you want, we had stable housing. With stable housing, I was able to drop out and back into high school and finish college without having to run up much debt was finished junior college without having to run up much debt and with and being able to just work on the weekends without having to really kill myself and I was able to really study and it made a difference um, of course if you're the ruling class and you don't want people to know anything or to study if you just want us to be brute beast of burden then you're succeeding but remember beast of burden attack and if we outnumber you and we start attacking, what are you going to do? I guess you can mow us down with your with your uh, lackeys, but they may not always be on your side. So if anyone out there is from the ruling class or you're thinking or, you know, you have access to them, let them know that this is not the way. We're human beings and we should be treated like human beings for their own safety, if for no moral or ethical reason. Because I, I know these people don't have that. So I hope you enjoyed this reading. Um, there's less noise now that I stopped reading, of course. And I want you all to take care and I want you all to stay safe.